there's a reason why it's called show business right yeah there's the show part unfortunately too many people just focus on the show, the show part. part of it yeah. don't focus on the business part well there's no business like show business and who would know better than this guy india's leading stand up comedian also a guy who has completely and totally justified the invention of hair gel ladies and gentlemen daniel fernandez is coming up on the show plus we have a new segment that's right after the break stay tuned this is anshu mor you are in episode 4 of morecast fall in love with this one <laughs> ladies and gentlemen on the show for the first time please welcome the friends incorporated a group of people who just simply love music i'm so proud to partner with these guys yeshu yuvraj and shivangini who have given their heart and soul to music including teaching it and the two voices you heard just now manidi paul and mandra verma both copper junkies who somehow are keeping the music alive they're all rock school western vocals licensed holders and more importantly for me they are now partners in morecast so what am i doing with these guys well i'm starting a new segment and it's called dedications so starting next week i'm going to take in dedications from all you fans all you have to do is send in an email to anshu at talkingmime.in with your message and with the name of the person that you want to dedicate your song to and the song that you want to dedicate and we'll have these four beautifully talented people to do a cover version for you just for you and now coming up after the break it is time for daniel fernandez so get ready we'll be back after this short break ye sponsor wala joke purana ho gaya we can't do this I think we should just stop this one. Now we have partners. We have music partners. So we should just stop doing this sponsor wala joke. Uh, I mean, theek hai. We can fund it ourselves. No, actually we can't. Koi hai? Anybody listening? Sponsors? No? Okay. Music guys. Welcome back guys and now it's time for the chat of the week with the one and only Daniel Fernandez. Now before I get Daniel Fernandez let me tell you a little story about him. I met him for the first time in Jan of this year. I was scheduled to do a week at Canvas Laugh Club in Mumbai, my first ever week at Canvas Laugh Club in Mumbai and Daniel Fernandez was on the lineup along with me. Now when I told all my fellow comedian colleagues in Delhi that I'm going there and Daniel is on the lineup, most of them told me that i'm going to have a tough week i couldn't understand why so i asked them and they told me that that's because the entire crowd 
in Canvas Love Club would come only for Daniel Fernandez. I said, that's okay. I can still do good. They said, no, you don't understand. That crowd is all the 18, 19, 20-year-old kids, mostly girls, with hearts in their eyes, and they'll all just be waiting for Daniel Fernandez. So I land up there, and the first night, I have a really bad show. And that's primarily because I was trying to be different. I was trying to connect to that crowd. My material changed, the way I delivered changed, and I was superbly nervous. But next night, I decided to just do what I can do. So I went up on stage and just delivered the way I did, and it worked. So the third morning, when I was sitting in my hotel room, I see a tweet come up from Daniel Fernandez himself, who said, and I quote, This guy is just six months into comedy and is killing it at the Canvas Laugh Club stage. And I can't tell you how happy I was just reading that tweet. I remember I was jumping. I was doing like high fives in the air alone in my hotel room. But I was superbly excited. And this guy just made it so comfortable for me in the green room and on stage. And I'm very, very happy to get him on more cast. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Daniel Fernandez. That's the most romantic introduction I've ever had on any platform ever. <laughs> you almost made me sound like Moses. <laughs> no, actually it happened. You know, I was so nervous. Everybody told me, don't do it. Why? He says, no, his audience will come. They are all girls. They have like hearts flying out of the ears and all those things. He says, what will you do? You're like in your 40s. You will bomb and all. Dude, Atul loves performing with me. But Atul, <laughs> Atul likes performing in front Atul, of Atul, I think young just, girls. <laughs> Atul just dreams that the hearts are for him. <laughs> He hasn't done the reality check of the hearts oh, of somebody else. I love Atul. But great to have you, Daniel. Great Thank to you have so you. much for inviting me. Man. You know, I, I came on your podcast. Yes. And now you're returning the favor. No, I'm not returning the favor. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't know why you called me. I, I have a hunch why you called me on the podcast because somebody else backed out. No, no. But no, uh, I called... I'm calling you because you have the numbers. No, I had I'd made a list for my podcast. So every season, season two also list is ready. And I wanted a mix. So if you've seen every episode of my, my yeah. podcast, season one also, there's a logic behind why I'm picking an Amit Tandana along with the Gurmeer Kaur. Yeah. And you along with Neeti and stuff like that. You know, there's a certain flavor in terms of of what the two guests are going to bring to the table. So, and as usual, uh, your focus is on issues. I just want to talk about stuff that's happening in the world. You know, I think it's stuff that we can connect with. I can't do frivolous things. I don't know. Like that quirky comedy is not my scene. And hey guys, look at this bottle of You water. do realize you're in your early 30s right now. I mean, you yeah. Can, you, you can't be so serious about it. <laughs> no, but that's just the thing. So initially when I started off, I used to do a little bit of observational comedy. Like what's to deal with this? So what's to deal with that? And then once I started uploading videos on YouTube is when for me, I kind of realized that if I, I have an opinion on something that's happening and if that opinion is funny and if enough people like it, I can sell tickets. So that's the logic. And obviously that's landed you into trouble a lot of times. Honestly, wish I had gotten into a little more trouble. You know, I, I need a little controversy with regards to my material that can give me that push. Like, you know, trouble if I get on the primetime news because of some joke, Ada Souza will bring it up on Mirror now. Yeah. Like, I have this all planned out in my head. Like, someday. You can see something happen. nasty out here, actually. <laughs> I'll probably get more <laughs> than. I already YouTube. Let me ask you some controversial questions as we go along. So, yeah, but I always believe, like, if you observed also in the Indian comedy scene or any aspect of show business if there's the right amount of controversy in fact for some people any controversy will do yeah it just gives you eyeballs you know and it's happened in india as well so it's soon every time comedy got into trouble yeah all of us saw a rise in uh, ticket sales so yeah. not just the comedian who got into trouble but it was a ripple effect on everyone else so shit my career is gonna like never gonna go up man stress i've never gotten right. into controversies never yeah ever. but that's not the game also no, people don't it. even roll me now have faith have faith it'll happen to all of us but about you let's let's just start from the beginning hmm. first of all ah. who is daniel fernandez who is daniel fernandez daniel fernandez is a 33 year old guy just your average guy boy next door who likes getting on stage who likes telling jokes who likes traveling just entertaining people man like i've really just narrowed it down to that you know right now the only thing that matters to me is getting on stage and telling jokes it's that singular focus that drives me now nothing else why are you one of those thinking comedians i'm a thing i would say i'm a thinking person like my brain never shuts down you know so even in my sleep i'm thinking sometimes i wake up in the middle of the night and an idea comes to me and then i don't get sleep for four hours after that and that you know, try and take notes and stuff i think it's imp- i think if you're living in this world today it's important to be a thinking person or actually just blank out that 
that might be just yeah so i think it it depends you know sometimes i do feel ignorance is bliss i think yeah. stupid people are happier but unfortunately with me the problem with me or i won't say problem i'd say the reality with me is that i've, al- I've always asked questions hmm. i can't just take something at face value and that kind of just makes me who i am right now you know just asking questions and then hopefully adding punch lines in between some of the answers <laughs> but do you uh, do you also see yourself as somebody who would not necessarily solve the issues but yeah. at least play a significant role as a voice who could impact opinions so, do you see yourself like that yeah i mean i'll tell you a story just two days back actually i got a message on my instagram where someone told me that uh, one of her friends was going through abuse at mm-hmm. home and she saw my video on marital rape and after that apparently she gathered the courage to take a stand for herself she got into therapy and her friend said uh, you know that she is so grateful that i put out that video you know and for me like that message just made my week to realize that there are people out there for whom your work makes a difference i think now it's slowly kind of sinking in that okay we are not just slinging punchlines on stage we mm. are saying things that matter to people and there's at least an I opportunity think, yeah i think yeah. the i think the reward now is, is much higher it, so I, i get a bunch of these messages every now and then then i'll i'll, I'll get lighter messages where people say they use my uh, stand up in their answer papers really yeah people have quoted what kind of questions are these that they're using so, your stand up as answer papers so the thing is so i did this whole bit on syria and the one on ter- the the charlie hebdo attacks and stuff yeah. so i think somebody had a question about terrorism huh. and international relations or something like that and uh, he, he quoted my joke Do you know how much did he score? He scored 14 out of 15. Really? Yeah, I have never <laughs> I have never scored 14 out of 15 quoting myself like when I've written the answers. And I think it's with a, with a bunch of people, a bunch of comedians as well. A lot of the other guys also who talk about stuff that's relevant. They've been, I think Sapan did a nice video on suicide as well. Yes. He got a lot of messages. Tanmay was telling me the other day, you know, people keep sending him messages all the time. So I think right now what's happening is we live in a world of chaos. Yeah, it's just chaos everywhere and across levels. And I think comedians are right now one of the few peoples in the world who can make sense of the chaos. Yeah, I don't think we are trying to change the world. I think that's a little too much to expect from a comedian. Yeah, know? I think the best we can do is just give perspective and say, okay, this is how I see it. And then if that perspective influences someone to do something on a very personal level, then that's the the change. Do you think we have enough respect on stage? from a voice perspective not as a mm. comedian mm-hmm. but as if this guy is saying something he has thought about it deeply do you feel that comedians in the circuit including you have that level of respect where you start picking up these very maybe shape opinions yeah shape yeah, opinions. yeah that that that's happening in india a lot especially because majority of our audience is very young so my core audience is between 16 and 35 that i know so exactly 16 16 to 18 i guess <laughs> with hearts flowing out so yeah so they're also at that age where they want sort of a role model or somebody they can look up to yeah but somebody who's not out of reach hmm. so like when we grew up we like we were heavily influenced by music because yeah. we didn't have anyone else who was speaking to us now hmm. suddenly these kids have got comedians who live like them i mean yeah. we're just like them we're just regular people we are not some super celebrities from another planet we are not hmm. sons of famous fathers hmm. we're just regular people like them and we're just saying things that they care about yeah so i think there is a lot of respect for for what comedians say and i i think that is something that we will never have control over hmm. i think we have control over what we say on stage yeah but how people receive that is totally up to them i mean i remember having this discussion about fame with veer and you know how some people want to uh, in a rush to become famous yeah. comedians want to become i want to be famous you ask me what do you want to do i want to become famous and we were just talking about this and veer was like dude you can't decide when you're going to be famous yeah it's the public that decides uh, when you're going to be famous but and at the same time fame is very fickle the same people tomorrow can feel that nay i don't think i can connect with what he said correct huh? and you're not famous anymore yeah yeah but for you i mean let's say when there is the history of indian stand up comedy being written 40 mm. years from now yeah would you want to be written as the boy next door who spoke about things mm. or would you want to be written about as the stand up comedian celebrity who spoke about things I think the boy next door has so much more appeal. Yeah. Like see the thing is thing is I I I'm very confused with the word celebrity, you know. Like I mean before any amount of popularity came into my life, I mean we've all known celebrities. We, yeah. They've always been these actors and these musicians and they're just always out of reach. You can see them but you can't 
really yeah, see them you know they they're they, they're on they're on billboards they're in magazines and that's always been my idea of celebrity and now well because of this whole social media age you can just literally tag any celebrity in the world and just tell them what you're thinking Correct. while you're taking a shit on the pot that's unreal yeah like you can literally you can have a conversation yeah you can be taking a dump right now yeah. on your toilet and you could tweet to donald trump who will read that tweet while he's taking a dump in his <laughs> toilet and that's hilarious dude so i think i just want to be relatable more than yeah. i want to be famous but right now uh, i mean you clearly are a celebrity okay if you like, insist you, you are a celebrity <laughs> If you go out, there are people who would stop you, who would take selfies. Yeah, once in a while, yeah. Really? But it's a very enduring feeling. Like that's why I'm, I'm, I'm very sh- like hesitant to use the word famous because with the plans that I have for what I want to do with my career, like my measure of that fame element, which mm. again will be a side effect, will be the day I can't step out of my hotel room without having an escort or people. That's your measure. That's my measure. Like the day I, the day I am told, listen, no, you can't. go now because too many people outside or you can't do this or you can't do that that's the day i'll be like shit damn it i'm famous you know <laughs> but i can still do regular people stuff now and then, which all of us can yeah. you know but the funny thing about the indian comedian fame thing in india right now is about it all depends on where you are hmm. so i'm famous at airports <laughs> uh places like car social and all these nice joints dadar station nobody knows me nobody knows <laughs> you know? me it's the kind nobody, of content yeah, exactly, you're doing right? you know? yeah. so there are certain places where i'm a total yeah. nobody gives a damn like, and then i don't know if you ever observed <laughs> like this, this but thing i'm famous at certain places, places yeah <laughs> It's a very confusing celebrity status. Yeah. <laughs> then, then there's another funny thing that will happen once in a while. Is like you're hanging out with other comedians, and only one of you may get recognized, or two of you may get recognized. Very rarely do all three of you get recognized, but yeah. all three are quite popular on the internet, yeah. and that's quite funny. Like that's happened to me. Like I'm hanging out with a couple of comedians, and there's some guy and a girl will come. Oh, and they look at the other comic. I'm such a big fan. Like, can I can have a selfie? And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, dude, I have like 32 <laughs> videos on the internet. <laughs> Like, मैंने बाल में प्रोडक्ट डाला है आपने हाउ Excuse me, do you like I like I do you not like what like you know? And I'm here. Yeah, I'm right here. Jeez, do you want to watch a video right now? Like, come on. I think it's fame or popularity, whatever you want to call it. I think it's it's a it's a nice feeling. It's enduring, but it's not what I'm chasing. I I only want to chase good jokes, dude. And that's the real struggle. You yeah. Know? You know, once people know you just dressing up really nicely, doing your hair up, and standing outside a popular club is mm. very easy. Just yeah. The hard part is writing those jokes. Yes, correct. That's the kind of stuff that keeps me up at night. So yeah. Where did it all start for you? So for me, it started in 2011, January 27th. That was the first time I ever did stand up. So there was I was doing my MBA then in Simbi, Pune, and there was a, a college event that was happening. And the curator of that event, uh, I was already and I've been on stage all my life. In I school, was, in school, and all you were on school. Stage? Ever since I was five or six, I've been on stage, dancing, singing, elocutions, music. Later on, I was part of a band. So for me, the stage has always been home. Okay. But prior to me doing stand up for the first time, every time I've been on stage, it's always been a team effort. So I've always mm. had somebody or the other, either a partner that I'm dancing with or my band band mm. members. So it's always as one person complimenting the other. So when I did stand up for the first time in 2011, it was at my MBA college, uh, about 300 people of my batchmates. Everybody who knew who I was knew I was doing it. Mm. And I remember, I still remember pacing outside outside the auditorium before I went in. Hmm. I was just thinking to myself, like, if I can do this, if I can crack this, I I think I can do anything in the world because that's the most nervous I've ever been in, in my life. So there's no backup, there's no uh, music, there's no instrument. I don't have my guitar with me, so there's nothing. It's just me and whatever I've written. Yeah. And for for that matter, I didn't even know that there are these guidelines for stand up that okay, if you're, do, if you're doing it for the first time, try two minutes. Yeah. Huh. They just said we've got a ten-minute spot. Do you want to do something? I said, okay, let me try stand up. I, I had no. You had never done anything. I had never done stand up around comedy before ever. In a sense, so see, I knew there was a funny side to me. So I, my first brush of actual laughs when mm. I was speaking in public was the, in the same college, but a few about a year ago, mm. uh, where I was in charge of uh, handling all uh, rescues and relocations for snakes. So for what? I, for snakes for snakes oh, no. so our campus was uh, was in the hills yeah. still there and so it's like forestation all around so obviously we've moved into a wild area and yeah. there were a lot of snakes over there so whenever there was snakes spotted either in the mess or in somebody's hostel room or in the classroom me and a couple of other guys we were in charge of 
rescuing the snake and why was this given to you this responsibility because uh, we we know how to deal with snakes so i remember so i had to make a presentation to the new batch that came in about snakes or uh, snakes yeah and they told me at the very last <laughs> minute while their orientation was going on so i was like dude what do i say so i just jotted down pointers based on things that i knew hmm. i went on stage and i started speaking about it but next tempo i started whatever i was saying was sounding really funny to them huh. and they were laughing they were, the same laugh that you get at a comedy yeah. club i was getting laughs i was getting applause i'm like what is this <laughs> and but when I cut to now when I was doing stand up I didn't know if there was any syntax so you have to do two minutes or five minutes I just wrote and hmm. these were all inside jokes about everybody in college I went on stage it lasted 15 minutes it was good and you I got thought laughs? I got laughs I got a lot of laughs a lot of laughs a lot of applause I would say it went much better than I expected <laughs> my delivery could have probably been better and i got so happy and proud i uploaded a video of their performance oh, you did yeah. is it still on no way dude Are you should put that on <laughs> no 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 so now that i've been doing stand up for 6 years <laughs> and i look back at that video i think a little about a year and a half into my career i look back at that video i'm like this should not be here like i have taken it off <laughs> if anybody has that daniel ka no video way. No anybody way. Kill please upload who uploads that video and i thought at that point that i was done i said this is a bucket list thing i'll one day i'll tell my kids or my grandkids that i tried stand up once i had hmm. no idea that there's a scene in bombay that's slowly starting when i moved to bombay and then that's when i think veer was doing this uh, fosters lol evenings yeah like a bunch of open mic competition around the country and hmm. i took part in the bombay one the first one was in malad i had to do two and a half minutes so i i wrote new jokes went on stage and that was the first two and a half minutes where i crushed hmm. like people were like genuinely losing these are total strangers now yeah. nobody knows me and i remember th- being on stage then i'm like wow like i want to do this for a living then this, then i so then i had to do bandra after that hmm. in the next weekend or something like that. and that same two and a half minutes silence i died <laughs> I died on stage and I was like okay that's just how life is I guess yeah. but then I kept doing it and then one thing led to another and we would just do sports comedy store happened but at this point in time you were working somewhere I was working yes I was working for an ad film production house but I was what 27 I think and then even then I was like you know I wasn't really happy Hmm. because the whole appeal of getting a salary at one off by the time at 27 you are now it's not about salary it's about you know what are you doing with your life really? it became an existential <laughs> thing yeah really? dude i can't start telling for our generation it happens at around 43 44 yeah, is when you realize it's it's changed now the everything starts off much earlier yeah. and i was just like i can't do this i can't just wake up point but you were like what one year into the job 6 months 6 months into it i was like this is not what i want to be doing and then um, I was like okay what do I do I said okay so there was a Metallica concert in uh, Bangalore yeah the Delhi one got cancelled because it's Delhi and then <laughs> so I went for the Bangalore <laughs> one and I remember I was like right in the front watching Metallica and James Hetfield is just killing it on stage and I was like you know what this is what I want to do so be on stage travel around the world be on stage and entertain people that's it and then I went back to Bombay the next day uh, resigned and never worked for anyone again after that and there was no pressure from anybody parents from- no man thankfully my parents have been so supportive they were like you know are you sure this is what you want to do I said yeah because see the thing they know how I am I'm not somebody who will just do something with the heck of it but this was also a different time right anybody leaving their job right now yeah would see examples of success in people making money in india in stand up comedy Correct. you're talking about a time where there was nothing. when there was there was no money there was no money see, then it was like just so it was about see so I, when i was in the band hmm i wanted to make money out of music but then i realized very quickly that it's not going to happen in india unless Correct. you're doing bollywood and stuff and i was just that's just not my scene so i gave up the band hmm. uh, but when comedy happened i kind of you know you just do the math that, that that's where the producer side kicks in you know number mm. of gigs a month mm. number of tickets you need to sell etc etc so i mean an average pay if it's about 7 or 10000 rupees into x number of gigs will still give you more money than you're making with your day job so why yeah. not pursue it and the other rationale behind me deciding to go after this is that if i have to take a risk now is the time if i don't take the risk now and then 15 years later all the guys who started with me are like doing really well i would be so pissed yeah because if and if i took the risk and if it didn't work out I still had the option I have an MBA degree I have a you know, certain amount of work experience I knew I would land on my feet Are you given yourself some period No I didn't put I didn't give myself a timeline but, but thankfully about 8 or 9 months after I quit my job I started making money from comedy and after that has been an upward climb so touch wood so far so good It always surprises me when everybody talks about this 2000 
ஜர்னிசிட்டி I knew what kind of life I wanted. Hmm. That's all I did. Like I never had this whole blueprint that I want to be an engineer, a doctor. Yeah. Or I was like, I just know that I want this particular life where I wake up like after 11 and <laughs> I can take off, I can take leave rather You're whenever I want. You were born to be a comedian. Yeah, <laughs> like I can travel the world yeah. and do something creative. This yeah. is all I knew. And then slowly, after trying a bunch of things and evaluating options and finding out what i didn't like doing i think it's which is very important you must yeah. know what you don't like doing yeah i think too many people are trying to focus on oh what do i like what do i like i don't know what do you not like you need to know like filter that you list, need to yeah. yeah you need to go through that journey where you do things that don't make you happy huh. and when you do things that do don't make you happy when you finally find huh. that one thing that makes you happy now you know that okay this is what i'm supposed correct. to correct you have But more clarity there you have more clarity yes because otherwise if you just randomly stumble into it i don't know i mean for me that wouldn't work so hmm. i'm glad i did a bunch of things that didn't make me happy before i found comedy So in the first year hmm. you started making money in the 9th 8 9th month 8th or 9th month yeah right how many comedians were there in the circuit at that point in time oof at that time it was just the batch of 2011 so it was all the SNG guys the EIC boys hmm. AIB myself Karunesh Vikram Podar and a few open micers and all that it was so about 15 20 max about 15 20 yeah you had the Bangalore clan hmm. yeah Sandeep Sanjay Praveen and then you had the Delhi guys i think Amit Neeti Raghav was yeah. one of the first guys on the scene so like yeah cumulatively about not more than 25 and sometimes yes you know you you look at these indicator like for me the first rude awakening happened when the internet revolution happened hmm. people started uploading stuff on youtube hmm. and that directly changed their live show numbers correct and then i kind of realized okay you need that internet presence hmm. i remember thinking that okay let me just upload something so i uploaded that first als video of mine and it got a decent response then i then the tiger incident happened and guy got killed in the zoo so i wrote about that and hmm. then i realized that like okay some stuff that's in the current affair space hmm. is kind of getting traction i then started writing for youtube was it, of, was it any different in terms of writing for youtube or writing for it stage? was it, it is very different because when you write for youtube you got to understand that the audience has a pause button they can pause they can go back hmm. they can fast forward they can go forward every word or every phrase can be broken down uh, whereas in the live show you can they you can see a lot of stuff that only works in a live space and sometimes won't translate necessarily well yeah. on on video so there yeah so there is a slight conscious effort this is the first time i'm hearing this concept of writing stand up for youtube yeah i never thought about it no I, i had no choice man i had nothing else that i could do right because <laughs> the material that i was doing at live shows at that point of time i wasn't very proud of and i what kind of material was that my first half an hour 45 minutes was just very generic stuff about that breakup that i went to went through <laughs> in 2011 a lot of relationship about 15 20 minutes on relationships like you know it was i mean not something i'm assuming I would, you could have done a two hour special on relationships maybe i could have but With the number of relationships, number of relationships i've had <laughs> Just, just give each one ten minutes. Yeah, I can done, do that. <laughs> done with the two hours. It'll be a five hour special then if everyone gets ten minutes. <laughs> But um, the thing was, I wasn't really convinced that what I had for my live shows would work on the internet. So now, but one they confused in terms. What was it? Different material by then, uh, in terms of what you were putting up on YouTube. There was so there. there so there so they would see somebody yes. talking about deep social yeah, issues, yeah. so to say, and then yeah. they come and he's talking about his girlfriends. Like I like the word. I like the phrase social commentary better. Uh. <laughs> social issues like makes me sound like an activist yeah i'm not i, I don't know either like, like, yeah, so i get a lot of journalists actually social commentary is a better yeah word. like You're i right. like a lot of journalists also will call me and they'll be like are so you do comedy and social issues i'm like nahi yaar that sound you're making me sound like an activist i am not yeah. invested in anything i talk about yeah. beyond a certain point yeah. like i will not take out a morcha for something that i've spoken about yeah. on the in my bits it's just yeah. me saying hey this is what i think about the thing that you're thinking about right Correct. now it's a commentary yeah. it's a commentary that's yeah. it is i'm Fair not enough. i'm not going to like do anything more than just joke about it yeah so there was a gap hmm. there's there's a difference and i think anybody who's seen me even if you've seen me live when i'm hosting and performing there's a very different bratty side of me that yeah. you don't see on my youtube videos correct people did mention ha thoda alag tha like i hmm. thought we'd see some some more of your online stuff and i said yeah but i'm in the process of writing so 
that was initially but yeah. later on i did start writing bit uh, bits about things that were in the news hmm. it had the same flavor of my youtube videos and those bits didn't go up on the internet they're still there in my side of yeah. on demonetization and brexit and yeah. Uh, a lot of things that were happening in the news, yeah. I had a spin on it. So now my life set is a little more uh, balanced, balanced in compared to when you what yeah. you see on the internet is very similar. The new show that I'm writing, which I'm going to debut in November, is that's very close to what you've seen on the internet. Plus, a lot of personal stories. So I I don't know how it's going to land. Let's see. How long have you been writing it for? About a month now. And that debuts in November. It debuts in November. So of course, when you debut a new show, also it's not a show that's ready. It's oh, a show I that you are debuting. I call it special. The moment I start stop writing it, my show is not Announce special. Show. Yet, <laughs> so actually, I know it will be a good six to eight months before it's like tight, like tight. super tight. And that's the case with every uh, yeah, comedian. I, I've I learned this so a little late. <laughs> when you write, when you write, what do you think is I think is an hour? It 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 will be very different. A year later, last one that I wrote, the the one hour that I wrote, hmm. the day I finished writing it, when I was yeah. like clear that now it's structured well enough, yeah. was the day in the evening I was doing a canvas special. I mean, I was doing a canvas solo that right, in, right. of the same material. I was like, yeah, I've come up with You're this ready. special. And how did it land? <laughs> yeah, that day it landed well. Hmm. I don't know why, but that day the whole sixty minutes landed well. Huh. And then subsequently, that sixty minutes got reduced to some twenty-five minutes 25 of worthy yeah. material. That happened. And that's that's the good. Yeah. That's the beauty of the audience, right? They will just filter out your material just by you delivering yeah, yeah, it in yeah. front of them. You were talking about this internet piece, right? When you look at the history of stand-up, and we normally look at the US, right? That's yeah. where largely it happened, right? You see comedians taking 10, 15, 20 years, correct, before they became famous. Yeah. Do you think that with internet coming in, that time period has dramatically reduced? Yes. What ha- what has happened with the Indian market is the whole dimensions of our world, our comedy world are very different. So we are playing in front of an audience, performing in front of an audience who has seen quality stand-up. So they have seen the best of the best. And so for us, we don't have the luxury of 20 years to get there. We have to push ourselves hard enough to keep these people interested. Yeah. Now I would not. I wouldn't go as far as saying that we we are as good as most comedians yeah. around. We are not. We're not by any stretch of the imagination. Because, mm. I, and I always tell other comedians this as well. If you get a chance, go perform in a foreign country where there's an established scene. So I went to when I went to Australia yeah. this year and last year as well. It was like you feel small. Like when you look check. at yeah oh reality check and how like you look <laughs> at the comedians over there and you're just like how do I get on stage after what I've just seen you know so in the larger scheme of things we are very very new like mm. we are babies too mm. we've got such a long way to go yeah such a long so much to learn but in the Indian context mm. I think we've done far better than we expected. So when we started off in 2011, there was this fear that we may be seen as Russell Peters wannabes and are we going to get beyond the stereotypes? Hmm. And thankfully, our scene is filled with very talented writers who have brilliant perspectives. And that is why it has become as big as it has. So when you look at the Indian context, I think we've done very well for ourselves. But on the global context, Hmm. we've got a long way to go. This this whole timing bit is the one that worried me the most. When yeah. I got to know how much time it takes. Yeah. Because yeah. when I jumped into it, yeah. I didn't know much. Right? Correct. I was like, yeah, TK, if you're good enough, Correct. you can create good content yeah. and get up on stage, yeah. you will get success yeah. and whatever. Right? Correct. And then when I started reading the history just to understand where this yes. whole art has come yes. from and everybody was like 15 years and 20 years and I'm like, yeah. shit, I don't have that much time. So here's how I look at it. You know, I think it's important to grow at the right pace. Mm. Now, there is a danger of becoming too famous too soon or getting too big too soon because you might burn out. Guys who are getting famous right now, all of us who get any amount of popularity, we've got like five or six years of experience. So unless you are somebody who's just banging out a new hour every six months, which again, after a while, it's a little tough to do because you have to evolve, right? That, Correct. That huh? one hour comedy you that you do. You can't do similar material. Yeah, that one hour comedy that yeah. you do is an evolution that you've undergone in the last one year, the Correct. last 18 months. So Every next one hour is more difficult to write. Is, is, yeah, as you go higher, as the number of hours increase, that you have to go deeper inside to get the material, you Yeah. Know? So I always think it's important to grow at the right pace. Like for me, I would always prefer to be known as a comic who's underrated and relatively undiscovered yeah. than to be known as a guy who used to be funny, you know. Yeah. That's the worst. Like when that happens, that's really hard that's, to Yeah, that's, that's very hard to process also, I think. Then you yeah. get desperate. 
So you are in 2011, 12. You are starting up. There are comedy collectives around you. Yeah, they're doing YouTube stuff, which is big, becoming bigger. Hmm. You are in the Mumbai circuit. How come you never got into a collective? Nobody asked me to join. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, it's the thing, and like I, I'm all like I've been always been like the lone wolf of sorts, and like I can't do collectives. I just, yeah. I think, I think it's great. Though. I think the collective format is great. Any all the uh, most of the collectives are doing well for themselves, but you you get a push. Hmm. Your growth is much faster than if you were working alone. But that growth will only take you up to a certain point. Now, if you have, if your comedic ambitions are to always be part of a group, then hmm. great. Hmm. But if your comedic ambitions are to be a solo act, then at some point you'll have to figure your shit out, and which is why you are seeing now. Yeah, and some people are moving away from the collectives because they, they want to focus on the they want to focus on the solo yeah. stuff. And if you map the music industry hmm. with comedy, you will see the same thing happen with bands. A lot of bands up. in the '90s and early 2000s were huge as bands, but yeah. then how many people do you remember from NSYNC? Correct. For me, I've always wanted to be a solo artist. But again, not to take away anything that the collectives have done for the scene, because if there is that momentum that we have today, it's big, it's largely because of the, because of the yes, collectives, correct. the collectives and yeah. the duos. So yeah. there's, I'm not taking that away from them at all. You yeah. know, so everybody from AIB, EIC, Bisanand, Biswa, everyone yeah. has played their part. Correct. We have done that, but on a personal level, I've always. Been somebody who wanted to run by myself. You know, there are two things that I that I sense when you are talking. Mm. One is a very sharp business brain behind somewhere. Yeah, is very clear about that. Right? Yeah, and second, a sense of maturity in terms of understanding who you are mm. and what would make you succeed. Uh, now, talking about your maturity would be like giving you too much praise on this podcast. But where does this? I know you've done your MBA and all. Yeah, but do you think? And this is also for comedians who are coming into yeah, right uh, yeah. today in, into this field because a lot yeah. of them come into for the passion, yeah, uh, because that's a buzzword. So you yeah. know, I have to follow my passion. But passion without business sense, mm. you think that works? No, just passion or just talent is not going to get you anywhere. I mean, you'll get to a certain level. I mean, mm. After a point, if you are not invested in the business, if you don't know what is selling tickets, what is not selling tickets, and if other people are telling you, you're always going to be lost. So even recently, a lot. If you, I don't know if this this was news here, but in LA, a lot of A-list musicians have now started managing themselves. Hmm. They have delinked themselves from their management companies. They have opened management companies in their own name, and Correct. they are now taking charge hmm. because they have understood that if they are invested, they grow faster, they grow better. Yeah. It's same with stand up. You got to treat yourself as a product first. Mm. So your product is jokes. Mm. Then you got to turn that product into a brand. What is this brand of comedy? Mm. And every anybody who has any amount of popularity in India right now has a certain brand. No one's attracted to jokes. Yeah. Saying that you're funny uh, and that's why you're a comedian. People pay money to people, see it's, it's like saying, you know, stage. I I I'm a chef because I cook. Yeah, duh. Yeah, That's yeah. the. I mean, like I said, being funny is the least basic requirement. You mm. know, that is then all the things that are required to be successful in this business. I mean, that's a given. If you're not funny, then there's you're no point. not part but of the business. Only if that. you want to be successful, if you want to have that forty-year career, then you've got to work on all the other stuff. And anybody who's doing that right now is getting that success. So yeah. whether. So I would always say, learn how to produce a show, learn how mm. to book a tour, learn how to negotiate deals, mm. understand the difference between a fixed fee gig and a, and a gate share. I break it down to even uh, something as small as monetizing a single joke. Mm. So how many people have heard this joke before I can retire it? Do you have a benchmark for that for yourself? I mean, I have a fair idea based on the number of gigs I do per city. So I know in this city I've done this this material these many times. Do so you actually so, track it on an Excel sheet? All of this? It's not tracked down to the last number, but I based on the data I already have. Like mm. you know how when you're doing your monthly business reviews, yeah. you look at you look at a, gra- a graph and you can figure out trends. Oh, yeah. Something like that. So I oh, look at my shit. Excel sheet and I can figure out the trends. Okay, if I've done this so many times, and then I replace some bits with others and and I move along but I always like whenever I speak to younger comedians and they ask me is how often should I write new jokes I said you should always write new jokes hmm. but don't be in a hurry to replace the old jokes correct make sure yes make sure jokes, you huh? have monetized that joke enough make sure enough people have paid hmm. to hear that joke hmm. before you put it away because there's this whole cool cred thing where oh look at me I'm turning out a new half hour every year I think it's stupid yeah, 
I said, how many people have seen that half hour? Why Correct. are you turning it over so fast? You yeah. know, because look at the number of gigs. On average, most people do between fifteen. I would want. I think fifteen is a high number for if you're looking at the average number of gigs everybody mm. does in a year. As opposed to the US, comedians get on stage as much as much as five times a night. Mm. One night, five yeah. times one night. So look at your joke utilization there versus your. Correct. And if you're getting on stage fifteen times a month. and you are retiring bits that you've written just 3 or 4 months ago that's stupid yeah. why would you do that make sure enough people see your jokes you know i can i can picture you right now age uh, 65 still gelled hair <laughs> teaching stand up comedy in wharton <laughs> this is like you had that exact avatar you know there'll be one big presentation going on you'll be teaching them the art and science of comedy i don't know that will ever happen as you know a bad idea no you could You just write that in the bucket list also. Let's see at some point. See, we still get chicks there, so the basic criteria <laughs> will be met. <laughs> yeah, they have to be other professors, not students. <laughs> <laughs> so talking about chicks, <laughs> that's the best waiting. segue I could get. I was just <laughs> waiting to see how f- how, how long before yeah, see, that yeah. question drops. So female fan following. Huh. How's that been for you? <laughs> <laughs> not as much I, I've as I've asked such an open-ended question. Nee, I'll tell you one thing. Yeah, I, I think like there is a bit of a like myth here. Okay, I don't I'm think so. I'm not as popular with female women rather uh, as much as some other comedians are. Like maybe a Conan or a Kenny. You know, hmm. I think they have a much stronger female following. Like my like 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 I said, analytics. My <laughs> male to female ratio is about sixty five thirty five. That's YouTube analytics. YouTube, I think don't Facebook also. Facebook also. But show analytics. I mean, hearts flowing out analytics. <laughs> it's endearing, yeah. At best, yeah. but you know, you, you. I think, I think it's nice. That Have you had an embarrassing moment at a show with a female fan? Embarrassing? No. Fun? Yes. <laughs> you have that look on your face. Nothing was embarrassing <laughs> for me. It was all good fun. <laughs> How can you call that embarrassing? <laughs> I've had like married. Women uh, hit on me. I've had a married couple invite me to a threesome. That that was that was very weird. I said, "It's just not no not happening." Wow. And yeah, I've had. And they uh, just walked up to you straight up and said, "Yeah." So during the meet and greet, like you know, yeah, meet and greet, and this and this girl, I remember did this gig, and this uh, girl, she said to me, she was there with the husband. Husband took the photo, and while the husband was taking the photo, she said, "By the way, you have an open invitation to my bedroom. Uh, any wow. any time you want." And I said, "What?" I said, "Your husband's taking this picture." She's like, yeah, he's also going to be there. I'm like, you guys are weird. I think she's like, you know, like I have very few moments when I'm really tired. Imagine your expression in that photo. Yeah. <laughs> so like, oh my god. Yeah. So you, you get you get then you you get a lot of these a lot of guys who will come up to you and like, do my girlfriend's a big fan and you come I want to I want you to come and meet her and I say, are you sure? <laughs> like what? What are you doing? Why? Yeah. Like. <laughs> A lot of like a lot of women will meet me and they'll be like, "Sir, sir, we're a big fan." I'm like, "Sir, who's calling?" Yeah, like, stop this. <laughs> oh, sir, I get it all the time. Yeah, deservedly. But it's nice. It's very endearing yeah. more than anything. And yeah, of course, I mean, few perks here and there. Who doesn't mind? That's what he calls them. Few perks. <laughs> How many comedians would die for these few perks oh, that please, you're talking about? Oh, please, but trust me, I'm telling you, do some investigative journalism, and there are there's a lot more happening in other, with other comedians <laughs> than with me. I swear. मैं तो पक्का लिख के देता हूँ ट्रस्ट मी लेट्स लेट्स मेक दिस पॉडकास्ट विल कंट्रोवर्शियल गिव नेम्स अरे व्हाई शुड आई गिव यू नो हुस पॉपुलर है नो आई वांट यू टू गिव नेम्स अतुल खत्री हैज अ बिग फीमेल अतुल खत्री तो कैन इज गिवन अतुल पे अतुल पे इन्वेस्ट आई थिंक अतुल इज द नंबर आई थिंक ही हैज द मोस्ट ग्रुपीज अतुल्स ग्रुपीज चिल्ड्रन आर माय फैंस आई लव अतुल डू इट्स गोना बी द स्टार्टिंग पॉइंट ऑफ द पॉडकास्ट एंड देन यू जस्ट वेट Where Atul will come on the podcast and he'll throw me under the bus. I just know it. <laughs> okay, coming back to comedy. Hmm. Just in terms of your writing style. Huh. Okay. Your the entire process, like for example, the special that you're talking about, yeah. which is coming out in November. Hmm. Uh, what What is your process of starting to think what that special would be about, then writing it, structuring it, and then delivering it as a special? So for me, this is actually a uh, learning process. This is the first time I'm developing an hour from scratch. So kind of like made a list of things that have happened to me in the last one year. Then there is there's a list of things that are happening in the world right now, hmm. and then a few random things that came to my mind that I'm trying to develop to bit into bits. So that's where it is right now. Then I once I develop each of these bits, I'm going to try and make them, you know, weave them in 
do one could you actually sit in right do you have a structure like do you do like yeah, two yeah. hours so every day I, three hours every day kind of a thing so i would sit to write for between two to four hours a day but i wouldn't say i get two to four hours worth of writing done huh but so with sit- me like yeah this thing so a lot of comedians what they do is they 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 just keep they say just keep writing just write whatever comes and then later you'll see what you can find out of that uh, what you can find funny in whatever it is we'll write 2000 words a day 3000 words a day and i can't do that for me i i need a little more structure so for me the writing process is a mix of things that are happening in my mind and stuff that i'm writing so sometimes even when my laptop is shut i'm still in the writing mode so i'm chewing on my thoughts i'm thinking about things and suddenly randomly one punchline will appear uh, come up come to me when i'm driving or and then i'll put that back into the text and that's how it, it evolves then I also when i have thoughts i'll just speak about these topics to my friends and then in a in a conversation my opinion comes out Correct. Yeah. If you force yourself to have an opinion, sometimes yeah. it's not the you truth. You also get different perspectives. Yeah, it's not the truth. So then, what happens when you're having a intelligent conversation with a bunch of people you respect, and then yeah. suddenly, while they are bringing their opinions forward, your true opinion then comes out, and Correct. they're like, "Oh, this is how I feel about this." Yeah. And sometimes punchlines also come out while you're just discussing yeah, yeah, yeah. randomly, just yeah. discussing things with friends. There are a lot of comedians who also say that uh, they sometimes have a broad structure in their head, mm. and then they just go talk about it on stage. Yes. Is that something that you've done, right? So now there are some comedians yes who can just jot down broad topics and then they'll talk about it and see what they find. I've never tried that. I have found more success having a rough idea of what I want to say going on stage and then in that moment if I say something else that's also funny and I put that in as well. All right. So this year you came up with the podcast. Hmm. How do you see that panning out for yourself? So I believe that one the podcast podcasting is the future of content. Hmm. and i think right now there are a lot of people who want to hear other people's take on something that they like mm. so that's one a podcast is a good way to reach out to people and also a lot of comedians globally have podcasts everyone has a podcast now yeah. joe rogan bill burr chris delia mm. the whole idea behind my podcast was to be able to have a platform where you get to see interesting people mm. saying interesting things where they wouldn't see anywhere else And Do you see the your podcast? I'm sure it's it's like an open thing. It might change mm. in terms of format. Yeah. But do you see a time where it'll just be you talking? It could be. So I've already considered uh, options where I do some episodes with just me or like a short twenty minute, uh, you know, rant on something. Mm. I've thought about that. I may, I maybe at some point if I I have something I want to say mm. and then I don't need other guests, I will do it. I will record. Because that it. idea really fascinates me. Just where the just concept of that talking. Yeah, that which is what billboard does, and yeah. it just blows my mind. I'm mean, without the pressure without of the pressure. punchlines or whatever, but just talking. And but and that's another great way. Which is this is a comic Andy Curtin from from Australia who lives in Hong Kong, uh, sorry Shanghai. Yeah. He told me this. He podcasting is the best way to find your voice. How so, close do you think you are right now? And I know it's a it's a longish process, but in terms of finding your voice, do you think you know where or what kind of content you would always do? So I don't know how. F- far away i am or how close i am to finding my voice um but i kind of know the space i like so mm. i i like talking about things that affect us in on a real time basis so whether it's religion or this politics mm. or this gender issues whatever it is or just stuff that's happening in the world and i think today if you see also just observe the comedy landscape globally mm. those are the kind of comedians today that are in demand because Correct. of the world we're living in it's just bloody it's chaos so chaotic, yeah. it's so uh, chaotic and right now the guys who are making sense of this chaos are the guys who are doing more gigs hmm. so i think social commentary right now for me is where i'll say okay that's the space i'm in right now but it could change i don't know like you yeah. never know what's going to happen you never know right you never know five years from now yeah. so but i would say a long way like off i from, have extreme clarity right now ha huh. that one year from now yeah. when i look at everything that i'm doing right now correct i will cringe ha huh. yeah and that, that should happen that surety is there because, that should happen because, because you because know mentally you are evolving yes by, while it might not be coming into the writing part of it but mentally Correct. you are evolving looking at that material saying that and you must because i think if you are not cringing <coughs> at stuff that you wrote a year ago then you are not evolving yeah if if you are embarrassed you know mm. a little bit by something you wrote a year ago i think then yeah. you've kind of improved so what's what's coming up now in the next 2 uh, 3 months next year when are you getting married So work wise the new show is going to be ready by November hopefully mm-hmm. and then Jan onwards I'm planning to just tour the show mm-hmm. extensively as much as I can India abroad till that show becomes rock solid 
then let's see if amazon or netflix if if they want to pick it up then yeah. we'll produce it and give it to them or i'll just shoot it and whenever i'm done with it i'll you know release it on youtube hmm. that's the plan as far as stand up is concerned podcast season 2 is also going to start next week so next week so next month mm-hmm. then keep doing the podcast uh all of next year then i've got a couple of international tours locked already oh nice so i'll be announcing those as well hmm Yeah so work wise yeah I know what I'm doing for most of next year uh marriage is uh, still a while away I'm still very young I think like I want to get married I want to have kids and everything but school fees are expensive yeah like matlab I just heard like 10 lakhs a year <laughs> for school fees so what i'm like random reason for not yeah dude i'm just like <laughs> school fees are expensive unless i can have kids and just keep them in my house the same way i keep my cats yeah and don't send them to school then it will make sense but right now 10 lakhs per year for one child to go to school is absurd amit tandon you know is shifting to mumbai huh. he has two kids so hai paisa bhi comedy mein nahi but the thing is i want to spend my money wisely nahi honestly i don't know if spending so much money on the indian education system makes sense you know so i think home schooling is a better option or just feed them i think just feed them enough food and then after a while just leave them out of the house for a bit let them figure stuff out kya seek raha hai tu matlab wo 10 lakh ke liye tu kya <laughs> and Daniel just went on for like 15 minutes on this whole homeschooling marriage and kids but that was Daniel Fernandez ladies and gentlemen this was the episode 4 of Morecast i hope you guys enjoyed this episode please keep sending in your suggestions actually nobody is sending the suggestions but if you want to start sending the suggestions send them at anshu@talkingmime.in do not forget the new segment of dedicating songs to your loved ones so send your dedications so that we can put them up next week with a customized cover version of the song that you asked for so before i sign off here are a few recommendations for you guys first of all do catch stranger things season 2 on netflix i watched like all 9 episodes back to back also if you're on netflix do not miss this stand up comedy special by peyton oswald trust me you will thank me just do not miss it there's a song that he closes the special with and that's my song of the week it's called chinese translation from m ward that's it that's it for the show thank you so much once again for listening please do share these episodes with your friends it would mean a lot to me and just uh, be happy stay cool actually stay warm winters are coming yeah whatever just stay happy this is anshu more you were listening to morecast